At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Now, of course, you have rational thoughts, but uh, today's guest, there'll be some thoughts that are, well, I don't know about the irrational, I wouldn't use the word irrational, but they're going to be very creative thoughts. Um, normally, the show, we have entrepreneurs, authors on here, speakers. Um, today, I've got a good friend, ghostwriter, but his real passion is writing science fiction. He's the author of 30, that's three, zero, science fiction and fantasy novels. He is a full-time ghostwriter and now a scriptwriter. And he holds a master's degree in physics. And amongst his work, works is a triskaidekology. It's a real word. Look it up. It's a series of 13 books combining fantasy and science into an epic known as Maldin. So without further ado, let me introduce my friend, uh, Mark Tierno. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to hear it. So, you know, I know enough about this Maldin thing to be dangerous, but not nearly as much as the people have actually read the books because there's like... Uh, it's quite a bit what you've done here. 13 books that you're going to hold them up. Yeah, that's one. That's one book. There's a second one. Uh, these aren't the longest ones in the series. But I've never had anybody put them down because they got bored or they were too long. They just keep going there through we them. Go. It's like a Game of Thrones or the or the tax code. I get it. It's like, it goes on forever. Okay. Good to know. So we'll get to the, to the details in a second. I want to know more because I mean, I'm really curious about about how you came up with it and how it relates to, um, you know, your mind really, because having a master's degree in physics uh, makes you a pretty good science fiction writer, my estimation. But I want to know more about you first. How did you get involved in writing? What was your, your background? Uh, well, the, the origin of writer, uh, writing, that, that's um, a question that every time I think about it, I keep going further back in my life. Um, talk about age uh, 13 or so but the um i've always had a great imagination i read a lot like every time you know elementary school they have those tab books that people ordered three or four i'd, I'd be the one with the big armload of books that i come home with and then some time around 14 i got tired of um every time i watched a movie and the bad guy would, would always spend time to to give his lecture and, and tell the the uh, good guy how what his plans are and i'm going i want a bad guy that just he's either going to off the guy or has some involved plan and so that began the the inspiration on the back of my head of wanting to see a real bad guy and a plot along with it and i spent the next couple of decades sort of uh assembling things in my head part of the inspirations came from i was into gaming you know like the 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 old tabletop with dice and everything. And I came up with the bad guy. I came up with the world of Maldi and I just began adding to it. Uh, one one day when um, my, my first attempt at writing is actually a couple short stories that um, um, on my Inspector Flatfoot series that, that I showed with, with some people. And they were astonished. They uh, The first guy compared me to his favorite uh, author, which was like um, Isaac Asimov at the time. And uh, it, it just went on from there. When I had time to, to finally sit down with this uh, epic that my parents didn't know I was planning, um, the, the time came because of um, a fire 
uh, what had been, been my grandpa's old house burned down that gave us some money to work with. And I just began writing into it. Did I lose you? I'm still, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Even though you couldn't see no, me. I can't. Yeah. Okay. My, my, my question was, um, a lot of writers I've, I've talked to in the, in the fiction world, they've got the whole thing laid out in their head, beginning, middle, end, yeah. character development, subplots, the whole deal. With 13 books, each being like a monster like that, did you have the whole thing? I had here? the whole thing in my head before I began book one. I had the characters the plot, the world, uh, which book would, would be for what. I had the whole thing in sequence in my head. All right. That's probably why your head's bigger than mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's That to me is amazing because I'm imagining, what's the word count on all these? Do you have count them all up? How many words? Uh, total word count for the entire 13 book series uh, is around 5.2 million. And that's Keep including that about- The average book is like, 50,000, 40,000 words. You've got 5.2 million words. Yeah, for the whole series. The uh, the, the, the first book is 330,000 words. Book 13, the longest in the series, clocks in at about 575,000, which is a shade short of War and Peace. And there's uh -huh. a total of about uh, 250 characters uh, in the series. And you had all 250 characters just like floating around, knowing where they're going to wait there, I'll come back, everything, all... There, there's a couple that that uh, sort of added themselves as I went along. It's like occasionally I'll need a, a new character for to be a point of view for a scene or something, and the character sure. will sort of invent itself. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, so there's a certain amount I had in my head uh, ahead of time, and then there's some where I'm going, I need a character here, and okay. and at least one instance, one character that wasn't going to be a long term one, that it, it just ended up um, staying. Okay. So there was some some modifications in process it wasn't 100 yeah. in stone yeah well it's like you know there, there there's in in writing there's a debate do you write by the seat of your pants or do you plan it out all ahead of time uh i do both i have here's my okay. beginning middle and end the basics of framework but as i go along if i come up with a neat idea as long as it doesn't go too far out from that framework that i have set up i'll go i'll go with it Sometimes it'll add to the plot, you know, add, add something different to it. But I, I feel free to add things to it as long as it doesn't yeah. violate what I have set down for the main structure. Yeah. I've never written anything of that nature. I probably never will. But the short things I've written, they kind of flow because as I'm writing, I get a sense for the pace and when yeah. something is needed. Right. So it's kind of it's free flowing for me, which brings me to another thought about physics and stuff. We'll go right to that in a second. You uh, you got your master's degree in physics. Yeah, great discussions on that point. I just love it. It's my 
I was never smart enough to major in it, but I did have a couple of courses in it and, and college and stuff. It was lots of fun. Did that help you with the science fiction? Is it like as heady as Interstellar where you got to think? Or is this like a background stuff for you? Well, it basically means as far as in, um, any physics and science stuff in the background, I don't have to look anything up because I'm my own source material. You know, this is it's, it's stuff I know off the top of my head anyway. It's it's, it's yeah. what I got trained and educated in. So that definitely yeah. helps. Yeah. So in, as a science fiction, of course, you're allowed to break these laws. Do you break any laws of physics or bend them? Or? Well, occasionally I'll add a few of my own because I have some theories of my own, which um, I am currently working on submitting to a couple journals on a paper. You mentioned that to me last time we spoke. Can you spill any beans on that yet or not? Um, it will change half of physics. Thank you. That's, that's about it, all I can mention right now because I want to. It, it's easy for it to get stolen. That's fine. It's not the universal theory. Yeah, the, my, I, I got my unified field theory, particle theory. I explain antimatter. Um, I explain what charge is, with, which no one has. You know, little things like that. But it's not the unified theory of everything, right? Uh, it, and includes unified field theory and and some other. The, the more I looked into it, the the, the more I realized, okay, I got to explain this for them to take me seriously. I got to finally explain what charge is, yeah. and then I'm looking to fill all the holes and went, okay, no one's explained antimatter. Let me spend a few minutes thinking about that one, and it came out in this 55 page thing that's currently being formatted for for the format they like. Uh, but but occasionally in 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 my books, I since it's in, in a high-tech future, I'll have yeah. mentioned of some of that in the background, you know, of, of the yeah. of the characters mentioning th uh, the things of that sort as part um, of their this, science. This is where we're going to lose half the audience if we start talking about black holes and uh, and uh, quantum physics here. But I don't care. So it's my show. We can talk about whatever we want. Um, <laughs> so so let's let's get back to the books a second. I want we'll talk about physics and again. I will come back and forth because it's it fascinates me. But you mentioned we talked about this years ago that. Maldine is not just a science fiction story. You've created uh, an entire world here with its own language and culture and everything, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it, there, there's actually a dictionary I came up with. It has 300 words currently. I came up with the alphabet. I got the font file for that on my website if anybody wants it. Uh, I, I got <clears throat> maps of the whole world. I got the history map mapped down to the very beginning. Cultural notes, uh, there's a Maldine tarot uh, I, that I have the, the cards described and also how to lay them out and read them. There's a Maldine zodiac. Uh, I got notes of, I, I try to make it as complete the world as possible. Yeah. And so anytime I need, you know, something for the background like, like that, I can pull it from my notes because the more real it seems like a world, the yes. more the, the reader will go, this could really happen. Yeah. You know, if this is real, this could really happen somewhere. Did you place them in a real star or galaxy system somewhere that's mapped and charted? Um, the the closest to that is I basically say it's like compared to Earth, it's like two billion light years that way. Uh, so it, so, it, it's someplace really, really far away. So I don't have so to worry of, about syncing up with anything about Earth. Is it in our galaxy or out, outside of our galaxy? Way, way, way outside. Because that way I don't have to worry about, you know, keeping it consistent with anything resembling Earth because nothing to do with Earth. So I shouldn't have to worry about Earth history or Earth stars or anything like that. I can just right. do everything from the ground up. Right. Okay. Uh, are they are they humanoid or are they are they blobs of plasma, these people you're talking about? 
there's a variety of races. The the there there are some Maldine humans, and there's mm -hmm. elves, dwarves, there's lizard men, uh, feline evolved, and a number of other races. Yeah, it, it always fascinates me, and you'll uh, maybe we can go down this rabbit hole a little bit, but like. There's storytelling where people can make a connection to their own existence so they can go, yeah, I get it. And then there's stuff that's like so far out there, there's no connection. They can't relate to it. So when I look at stories of zombies and vampires, they're humans, but they've been modified where we don't mind killing them off, right? <laughs> and if it's if it's not humanoid, I sometimes sense this like, eh, it's just another animal. You know, that's why I love that Star Trek episode of the uh, the rock race, yeah, where the rocks were the, the silicone based. You know, it was really interesting to me back in the sixties. Um, but in 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 Maldine, you've got you know different species and whatever you want to call them, phylum classes of organisms yeah. here. Are they as all the same? Have, yeah, as long as you have somebody like you, you 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 do have a, a human perspective. There, so as as long as you have somebody to be the reader and, and go, what the heck is that? Yeah. You know, it's their first time doing that. So I have characters from a variety of different parts of the world. So no matter where they are, there'll always be somebody there that's going, I've never been to this part of the world. You have explained it to me. So that's how I get around having to have an, an earth point of view. Nice exposition. Okay. Beautiful. And I, I was, I was also, I don't, I'm not going to, you don't have to pass judgment on like the uh, Hollywood science fiction things, but I was, I did. I watched Avatar again for the second time, and I was like, "Oh, you know, they're all nine foot tall, as opposed to you know five or six feet tall." That was kind of cool to make them a of different yeah. stature, because you know why should we all be the same size? You know, that was interesting. Yeah, I have uh, a few differences here. Like uh, Maldine has a somewhat higher gravity th than Earth, mm -hmm. which doesn't play into the part into the plot until they actually get off planet and realize they come from a very unusual world. Ah, and you know the the kind of thing where we're like, "Hi, I'm an accountant from Malding, but I can beat you up because I'm really strong to the gravity." I like the Hulk, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Wow. So, how'd you come up with this language? Just from the I, well, the even as a kid, I'd always been thinking, and and uh, apparently Ben Franklin thought the same thing that you know why isn't English phonetic? You know, there's so many different exceptions to the rule. And so I was thinking there ought to be a phonetic language. So as back in the early days of this, I just be, began, uh, I did first the alphabet going, I'm going to make my own phonetic language. And then I just began making up words for the dictionary until I basically came up with a pattern and a style that sounds sort of like molding. And once I had some words, I used those to build on others. I had suffixes and prefixes so I, so I could generate new words from there. And yeah. I and, and I went with a different meaning as a different word. So you don't have the same word with different meanings. Right. Yeah. And thus I have like four three or four different words for say death and, and a couple different words for strength and and and, and on like that. Uh -huh. How many different uh, words in language have you played? Uh, I think currently uh, my database is up to like about 300 or so. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So uh, you come out with these. How long have you been writing the series? When you started? Uh, for the actual writing part of it, once I got down to a keyboard, uh, that was about 
eight years um, yeah. that was taking most summers off and squeezing in a few of my inspector flatfoot stories. Uh -huh. uh, the prep work before that was like about 15. 15 years. Yeah. I was going to school at the same time. I know, but still, that's, that shows <laughs> amazing focus and discipline, Mark. I mean, that's like, hey, this is this is my world, so no one's gonna, no one else is gonna take it. How many? You know how many fans or readers you have? Uh, probably not nearly enough. I don't know. Um, yeah, we all can say that, but I mean, yeah, I'd like I, to know who I, read them all. Uh, well, as as far as read them all, because I only have the first two out right now, but I have okay. a couple of people, a couple of friends of mine. Uh, one of which is basically uh, my beta reader. I've known him for about 30 years. He's read the whole series about 12 times. He can just about speak Maldonese. Wow. And he said it was about not until his fourth time through the series that he stopped finding little clues I put in there. Oh, nice. That's great. That's, that's, this is now we'll talk about ghostwriting. Okay. So folks, if you're thinking about writing a book or having someone write it for you, that was gold right there. Uh, Mark has ghostwritten. I don't know how many books have you ghostwritten. You know, you got at least half a dozen for us. Uh, it would take me a while to total yeah, it up. A lot. Fiction yeah. and nonfiction. Right, right. He's he's ghostwritten a lot of books, and he's a, he loves fiction, but he also ghostwrites nonfiction, which is why we've used you in the past because you're a great storyteller, and uh, the clues or breadcrumbs, Easter eggs, whatever you want to call them, are uh, depending on how you lay them out. I guess it's vital. To getting someone to turn that page, right? Yeah, that, 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 especially in the nonfiction stuff, because just about all the nonfiction clients are people that that, that would talk about as um, I'm trying to think of that one guy has a really bland delivery. Let's not use any uh, names. <laughs> yeah, well, you've seen him on commercial, everything else. They use him because he can talk like 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 a robot for like about an hour, and most most of the nonfiction guy uh, Ben Stein. And, oh, and, right, and right, most right. Of, the non, of the nonfiction clients are people that would write that way, and yeah. and there's which is intriguing to the small niche people that already know the subject, but they're trying to get it out to other people, and that's where they need someone like me that 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 knows how to get people's attention and keep it. Yeah, yeah, which goes back to storytelling, really. Give give us some of the um. It's probably second nature to you, so I have to think about this. But like, if someone's a you know a leadership expert and they want to convey their leadership mantra or not um what how would you guide them on creating stories and storytelling as it relates to a non-fiction topic what would you tell them what kind of advice uh, uh a lot of it comes out in the interview when, when I, I just me or yeah. somebody else yeah. uh does the initial interview with with with, with them and, and try to tease out okay what is it you want to say beyond just well i'm an expert in leadership no no let's drill, drill it down to details I, I i need specifics here and 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 sometimes it's like pulling teeth you know but but to get out the specifics and just make like a bullet point list what do you want to say in this in this book once you have the bullet points then that evolves into an outline uh which sometimes is a glorified table of contents Mm -hmm. You know, so 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 you you you'd get that, and you have your point by point. What do you want to say between now and the end of the book? Yeah, and then I go from there. Yeah, but going from the their part, that, I mean, the bullet points is one lesson. But then when they're telling stories, I think of all the people I've interviewed, there's been like two that can tell a story to keep me. I don't hardly any editing is needed, right? <laughs> but most of them is like, well, there I was, and I opened the door, and I did this. I'm like, oh my god, you know, give me some. 
context or some drama or something. Do you yeah. um, do you find yourself like helping the author out with trying to give them some drama in their story? Uh, there's been a few times when um, I'm I'm doing the initial over the phone recorded interview, and I have to prompt them with a few questions. Going, well, what happened here? Please give me some specific stories, or or I'll email them back. Going, okay. I need more stories of what, you know, happened during this clinic visit or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's ju just give them prompts and stuff, you know, and, until yeah. I find something that holds together. Right. Do you find um, most books have uh, a, a framework, though? Mac, Doctor, the, the hero's journey is a classic one, right? We have Lord of the Rings is a, or Star Wars. There's a hero. There's a guide and the guy is going through his journey. Do you find yourself using frameworks like that in your books? Um, are we talking nonfiction or fiction or, or both? Either one. Yeah, both. <clears throat> well, in the fiction one, uh, for me, plot is king. Right. Uh, you, whatever it is, you, you can have your social message or whatever else, but if you don't have the plot first, no one's going to read the darn thing. Right. And there have been a surprising number of people that have violated that or come to me as a, as a ghostwriter and expect me to violate it. No, we need a plot first. And 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 that's what what I go for first. That that tells me um, where exactly I'm, I'm I'm going, beginning, middle, and end. And before I even start on a, on any book, fiction or nonfiction, I'll make sure I have that plot down, that outline down. I want to know what the end of the book is going to be before I start it. And do they do you have to know what the components are, like what the conflict is of that plot, or just the underlying theme? How deep how deep do you get into that? Uh, basically, all the major points that, that I need for what they want told in the story. Mm -hmm. There will be some things that, that I come up with, like the personalities and whatever the character come up. But uh, as, as, I, as I tell him, if I'm going to, say, do some foreshadowing on something, which I love doing, mm -hmm. yeah. then I have to know ahead of time what's going to happen at the end of the book so I can drop just the right level of hints uh, at, at one yes. point. Yeah. Because I do that a lot in my own books. And I'll right. foreshadow like five books ahead of time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So do you uh do you like movies too? Yes, I see them all the time when theaters are open. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry you're in California. Nothing I can do about that. Oh, what, uh, yeah. The, the city state of California. Yes, right, right. That's another topic. Um, so have you haven't seen the new Dune yet? Yes, I have. Okay. And how do you compare that with the old one? Well, the, remember there's two old ones. There there was some cable version. Uh, the 1984 version had me wanting to throttle somebody because um, the, the 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 new one. It first they did a good move on making it two-parter because that's the only way of of doing that book. The only thing they got different from the book is there's a character, uh, Dr. Liat Kine, in the book is a guy, in the movie it's a girl. Well, that's um, 2021 for you, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, me. If you're gonna, you know, make something on a movie or comic or whatever, you know, pay attention to the source material. They have reasons for doing what they're doing there. Yeah, it's also and and, and they're already that. So there already are a couple of strong female characters in in the book and the movie. Right. But um, I enjoyed the uh, of the movie a lot. I'm yeah. uh, crossing my fingers for for part two, which will be due in about two years. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. My son said I had to see it at the big screen because it was just a visual. Uh, Fireworks, he says, really amazingly, amazing to watch, right? Because the technology yeah. is so much. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So you like that one? What's your other? What's your ever? What's your other favorite uh, 
fiction book besides your own, of course? Um, well, there's a shelf behind me here that, that, that has a whole mess of them. You know, okay. I, I, I've, I've First read. First one that comes to mind, Mark. Uh, well, I've read the, the, the Dune books. I've read <clears throat> just about anything by Andre North or um, Andre Norton. Um, she 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 wrote a number of uh, paperback sized books, like I swear about a hundred of them or something. I, I was wow. reading hers in high school. Yeah, she wrote literally up until her dying day, when she was like ninety five. She finished right. off her last book, sent it off, and died a month later. Wow, that's the way an author ought to go. That's so right. Anything, or that or yeah. at the keyboard, right, or at the pen. Um, anything from her is is a, a gold. Okay. Um, and there have been oh. Um, the, the Chronicles of Amber is, is um, another one. Um, just, I, I, I can stay here all day and, and, and just name books because yeah. I've read hundreds of them. Right. Okay. What about, uh, nonfiction, you know, maybe you don't read, read a lot of those. I don't know. You like nonfiction books you like? Um, I don't read too much nonfiction. You know, I, I had enough nonfiction stuff going through school. And, right, and you've been ghostwriting them too, so I, you know, tends to, yeah, yeah. So, and and the ghostwriting, you know, on the nonfiction stuff, I try to learn something from from you know the book because especially on the ones uh, that I get from you, it, it's yeah. like, oh, here's an unusual off the wall thing. Let's send it to Mark, That's you know, right. especially okay. if it's medical th thing. And 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 so I try to try to learn experience. There are others I've had where it's just a paycheck. It's just a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you'd be happy to know we don't do those anymore, Mark. So we've up, we've upped our game at our company. We're only doing books oh. we want to do now. So good. Yeah. It's it's so much it's so refreshing. It's like, okay. Um, especially for certain nightmare things I can think of, yep. especially one particular involving three clients. I don't remember names like that, so we'll let it go. But yeah. um yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, so yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we can talk about that all day long. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that's great. What um, what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about writing their own book? Um, first, have a day job. Second, prepare to suffer because it isn't going to be – you could write the, the best possible book. And, and unless you have contacts in, in, in the marketing and publishing field, that thing's probably going to sit in your closet for a few years before you find – some way to connect it to someone. That, that's that's my major problem. I admit to my weaknesses. I'm a great writer. I absolutely stink at marketing and PR. Mm -hmm. So, but most good writers. Be prepared okay. for a long haul. Yeah, I was talking to another book, a book marketing publicist guy today, in fact, and he said, no, no book worth its salt has ever been successfully done without an 18 to 36 month window of marketing. I mean, you does not happen quickly it always has some momentum it's got to you know build up to it so for what that's worth yeah i wish i would have known that a lot longer than 36 months ago well, well just today's the first day of the rest of your life so you can go ahead and yeah. start today you got two books done you got nine more no 11 more in the hopper right on this melding uh yeah well there's 13 of, of, of the molding books i have a two book molding prequel mm -hmm. i have five books in my <laughs> Cyberdon series. Oh, it's another fantasy thing. Okay. Uh, that I have. Um, it's, uh, it's six books in my Inspector Fudfoot series, and I have about seven or eight 
in a series called Land of the Hive that I did with a co-writer who has since passed away. So that's okay. now in my lap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got all those written and I still have in the back of my head notes for another series. I have a, a bunch of maps drawn drawn up for a new world and everything else. I just got to get time for my stuff again. The, the ones that are written, the ones you just mentioned, the other series, are those published or just written in the computer? Where are they? Uh, those are already written. Um, the ones published are the first two Maldine books, the first Cyberdon book, and the first two Inspector Flatfoot books. Okay. And and those are all under my, my own personal label. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So advice to writers. Um, better like reading. You better love writing. You better have a day job and prepare to suffer. I got that. Um, in terms Don't of be afraid to break the rules. I, I, there, there, there's actually, I have a list of um, <laughs> top 10 um, um uh, best writing tips, which means, of course, it has 11 points on it. Uh -huh. uh, just because 11th one there was um, a good one. Uh, the the um, the line I came up with was they, they say that a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh -huh. The goal of a good writer is to make one word worth a thousand pictures. Ooh, I like that. That's why I put it there. It's like, ooh, sounds good. great. And and, yeah, and I can I, even I, cite an example, like you say, day at the beach. Mm -hmm. How many different images come into your head? Yeah, now you add, the, you know, the beach, 1890. You have you have an entirely different set of, you know, images with, with the person in the head-to-toe striped bathing suit, the little right. changing hats they had with Dick Van Dyke walking out and, and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very, very true. Um, telling stories so they're interesting and compelling, uh, yeah, it's, it's still an art form. I don't see how, this is the go back to science questions for you now, so, um, and I'll wrap it up. Uh, I had some some clients in the, you know, machine learning AI space, and uh, what do you think that's gonna be going when it comes to create creative? Um, interestingly enough, um, uh, I think last year, I did have a client who, who, who wanted a science fiction story that involved AI. Because uh, he himself is is into AI, and he said we haven't discussed this, this enough in the real world. So he was using um, a science fiction story as, as a way for for, for that. <clears throat> in science fiction storytelling, uh, artificial intelligence has been in it since, since I think almost from day one. Right, right, right. You know, so it's 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 just a matter of how it manifests. Instead of being some boxy looking robot that can think, it's going to be something more humanoid because we know. The, the tech will get better. We've seen it happening. My, my question specifically for writing yeah. now, do you think AI will be able to be creative enough to write well? Um, not unless we're talking a few centuries down the line. There, there are those like writing tools. Yeah, there, there, there's those writing tools and a program to help you develop a new plot or whatever. But even with AI, it's only as good as the guys that program it. And right. we still have an imagination that we haven't learned to put onto a computer. That's my, okay, that's my question for you. So a lot, because I have a couple guys in a space and some of them are pretty high, highly placed in the Fortune 100, right? So I'm talking to them and I, I go like, hey man, I see Terminator, this is a bad idea. You know, they go, oh, there's, there's some good things here, blah, blah, you said, who are the, the programmer is responsible for creating it, you can't. But at some point, if it tips where, the machine learning can create that creativity. I don't see it 200 years. I, I see that if it if quantum computing becomes a real thing, then it can be more creative than us. Well, quantum co computing will allow things 
you know, to be done faster. So that problems that would take the age of the universe and the old computers would take like about 10 minutes. Right. That makes it more efficient. That doesn't make it necessarily make it more creative. Can it think of things out of the blue on its own? Well, and that would where does creativity, okay, let's go to, let's go to that. Then where does creativity come from? I think philosophers have been debating that for millennia and I'm scientists will be debating it for a while longer. I'm asking you, man. <laughs> um, Does it come from our activity? I think at, at, at its core comes from basic self-awareness. Okay. Are you a self-aware sentient creature? And if you are, if you can pass that whole, I think therefore I am, then you know, take the next step and go, well, if I think therefore I am, uh, what do I think therefore he is? Yeah. And, and being able to imagine things beyond what what you can actually see around you you ever uh, you ever hear any interviews of sam harris uh no okay i'm not sure who, who he is we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it another time he um he talks about where where thoughts or consciousness comes from and he says something along the line i can't do this very well but like you don't know what you're gonna be thinking 10 minutes from now right we don't know 10 minutes hasn't happened we don't know what's gonna happen something you know meter could crash change my thoughts or nine or one minute or one second you know he goes he goes takes it really down to like so if you don't know what you're thinking what's going to happen where does it really come from it's a rabbit hole you got to really just listen to one of his, his interview on joe rogan's podcast was it made you think because rogan's busting I'm like come on there's there's such thing as free will it goes well maybe there is maybe there's not you know it's interesting conversation That's sounds like a challenge because me you say you don't know what you're thinking a couple hours from now uh, I know I'm going to be thinking about a story I'm working on for somebody when I get back to it. <laughs> you plan on it, but you might not. We don't know. <laughs> I might change your mind right now. You might go listen to Rogan's podcast. I don't know. Uh, all right. So um, obviously I could say what's next, but I think I know what's next with what books you're working on, huh? Uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I, I got a bunch of ghostwriting projects. Yeah. I'm trying to I, – I, I got a couple scripts that I've been invited to to, to get into. With, with a company uh, up in Canada, O-Tune Radio. Uh, they, they put me on their site as this is their official script guy. Yeah. And uh, they know what I have waiting, and they're going to help me on trying to promote my book. And when the time oh, comes, they actually said, Mark, when we're ready for it and have everything lined up, we want to be the ones to produce Maldine the movie. And went, Finally. great. Yay. Yeah, sometime before you're 90, that'd be nice. I'd like to see it. Yeah. And, and if there's a movie of, of, of for any of my stuff, that of course. Oh, wait, a minute, wait, wait a minute! 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 How long is this movie going to be? <laughs> I was actually telling them going of going. You know, if you can do the Game of Thrones approach, I'm I'm probably better suited yeah, for that. It's, it's got to be a series. You can't make a movie. It's got to be a, a Netflix thing for sure. Yeah. 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 And and they actually, I think they actually mentioned somebody they have a, they have a contact with. Uh, no, they have a contact with. Who's that one? Co Comedian that, that owns a movie studio. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I can't remember his name. Something with a C or something. But but yeah. they may have a contact there and maybe okay. somebody with Netflix. But yeah. they're, 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 they're trying to get some other movies going. And then they're going when they have the financing going. We yeah. want to be able to get some of your stuff going, too. And I'm going, great, did, did fantastic. You, did you see that thing I sent you about the, the metaverse with the characters and whatnot? Did you look at that? Uh, probably not in detail. I've been okay. busy. I, I'm not into that thing, right? I don't. I'm. I'm not in, into virtual reality much, but from what I saw and what the company's valuation is, 
I can't deny it, man. And people are crazy. Oh, that's the um, like you are. Blocky pixels. Uh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I looked in, in, in that briefly. It, it seems to be like um, a shared universe uh, thing they have, where each each of the contributors contributes something to 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 the same uh, world. Yeah. Uh, in in that vein, um, I have um, a set of neighbors. Uh, she works for Activision, and he and he has friends in the company that did League of Legends, and he just sent them a copy of the first Maldine book. Hey, there you He's go. Going, hey, here's because they're 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 looking for their next big project, and I already have a ready-made world. I could shovel tons of notes at them. And going oh, gosh, here, yeah. I just get off your work at them. So yeah. he, he gave him a copy all of my book. Part's done. Just yeah, make it. And 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 so he gave him a copy of the book and crossing fingers. The whole book? You don't have a short uh, a one sheet on it? Uh, he gave him a copy of the first book, the right. the entire first book. So we'll okay. probably take just him three the, months to read it. Just you know, you might want to create like a synopsis for someone to you know before they read it, just so they you know. Yeah, well, he, he he actually knows them personally, so I don't know what sales pitch he gave at the time because when he was telling me this, he was drunk. And I said, "By the yeah, way, I came all right." I it's just it's my only thing I know about you know pitching stuff is you got to be short because if you you can't you can't hold their attention. You read this book, they're gonna like no. <laughs> they wanna. That's what the the, the other one is gonna be working. She's working. For, it, it's it's um. He he he's her boyfriend. Uh, she's gonna work on 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 a pitch for okay. um, the appropriate person over Activision, and okay. I told him, yeah, I don't mind having you know ha have to decide between oh oh dear you know that offer or that offer. I don't I, I don't see that as being a problem. I would hate. So yeah. I told him, yeah, if you want to submit to to both of them, you know, on my yeah. behalf, go ahead. I'm ready for it. Right, good deal. Outstanding. Mark, it's great having you on the show today. I really appreciate you, man. You're you're definitely a mad scientist genius. <laughs> you, you've got the look, you've got the brain, um, and hold the book again. Hold it, Maldine, again, so people can get see that book. That's the and, first uh, one. That's the second one. Author Mark, there we go, Mark. It's ceiling now. You're oh, what? Oh, it's okay. Your automatic. See yeah. your technology. Yeah, up. Go. I got a camera that automatically follows motion. Sorry about that. Yeah. I have to keep it in front of my face. All good, man. <laughs> All right. Mark, thanks so much for being on the show today, folks. Don't forget to get Maldine and go ahead and uh, click below and subscribe and to get some free goodies from us. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Doug Crow with the Authier Brand Show.